Welcome to Newsmax Daily for Monday, September 18th, 2023, the 261st day of the year with 104 to go. Hope you had a terrific and safe weekend. Today is U.S. Air Force Day, officially established on September 18th, 1947, as part of the National Security Act at the end of World War II. However, Air Force Day was celebrated a few years prior to that by President Truman when the Air Force was still technically a part of the Army. It's also celebrated as the Air Force's birthday. Today is also AIDS and Aging Awareness Day. Observed to bring attention to the challenges faced by the aging population of those living with HIV and AIDS. More than 50% of the people living with HIV in the United States are now over the age of 50 and face unique challenges. And on the food calendar, today is National Cheeseburger Day. Following Double Cheeseburger Day back on Friday, again, the people that make this stuff up, not really making sense. We should have Cheeseburger Day first and then Double Cheeseburger Day. Anyway, fun fact, the first burger to be marked or marketed, I should say, using the word cheeseburger, was at Kayleen's Restaurant in Louisville, Kentucky, all the way back in 1934. But a year later, 1935, the term cheeseburger was actually trademarked at Humpty Dumpty Drive-In in Denver, Colorado. If you live in Denver, Colorado, or if you know if Humpty Dumpty Drive-In is still open, you have to let me know. That sounds like a place that I would want to go. All right, in the headlines on U.S. Air Force Day, the U.S. military is asking the public to help find a missing $120 million F-35B Lightning fighter jet. It disappeared over Charleston, South Carolina uh, last night after it was involved in what Joint Base Charleston is calling a mishap. The pilot ejected safely. Now the search for the missing $122 million jet is focused around Lake Marion. That's between Charleston, South Carolina, and Columbia, South Carolina, which I happen to know is a pretty good distance. Charleston obviously is on the coast. Columbia, South Carolina, I'm going to say 100 miles inland, maybe. President Biden is in New York City today, ahead of the annual United Nations General Assembly, where there's also a massive protest of climate activists calling on the end of use of fossil fuels. But once again, it is the former president dominating the headlines. Stafford to delete security camera footage so it wouldn't get into the hands of investigators. Do they think President Trump on Meet the Press Sunday and funny how the new host of Meet the Press, Kristen Welker of NBC News, would choose to interview Donald Trump on her very first show as the new host. Why didn't she interview the current president on a variety of issues or Vice President Kamala Harris and ask about the border? You know why. It's called ratings. I could see her in the meeting with all the producers and everything like, it's my first show. I want to do something. I need to do something really big, like interview the president of the United States. Now, no, Kristen, nobody's going to watch that. Why don't you interview Trump? Trump? You know, she reluctantly did that interview, but today she will be enjoying the rating success. Among a hundred other things, Trump spoke about the auto workers union strike. I think he's not doing a good job in representing 
his union because he's not going to have a union in three years from now. Those jobs are all going to be gone because all of those electric cars are going to be made in China. By the way, over the weekend, Ford already announced hundreds of layoffs due to the strike. And this was following Trump's headline speech at the Family Research Council's Prayer Vote Stand Summit in Washington, D.C. over the weekend, which was aired live on Newsmax. We are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is collapsing into a cesspool of ruin, whose supply chain is broken, whose stores are not stocked, and whose deliveries are not coming, whose educational system is ranked at the very bottom of every single list. We are a nation where large packs of sadistic criminals and thieves are allowed to go into stores and openly rob them beat up and kill their workers and customers and leave with armloads of goods but with no retribution where the authority of our great police has been taken where their families and pensions have been threatened and their lives would be destroyed for the mere mention of the words law enforcement we are a nation where fentanyl and other forms of illegal drugs are easier to get than formula for our beautiful little babies. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was also there. We must win the fight to restore religious freedom as the founding fathers of this country intended it to flourish in the United States. Most other GOP candidates were at the Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition Gala in Des Moines on Saturday. We would close the border. We would make sure that we had a legal immigration system that worked and not let the traffickers control the border. Former Arkansas governor and Bush administration official Asa Hutchinson. All of the candidates there faced a variety of different questions in a Q&A sit-down with the leaders of the organization and Iowa officials, mainly with abortion and the border being two main topics. Donald Trump, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie were the only candidates not in attendance at that event. More from Saturday's edition of America Right Now with Tom Basile. Campaign 2024 heating up in a field that has been mostly static in the polls. One candidate has shown some movement in recent weeks. What is her message for America and can she go all the way? Let's welcome in former South Carolina governor and former United States ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley. Governor, thank you so much for making time for us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So, Governor, we, we've all seen the polls. You have, too. Donald Trump wants people to believe that this is all wrapped up. What do you say to voters uh, out in Iowa, or New Hampshire, other places who think this primary is over before it started? Well, we're in Iowa now. We're in Des Moines. Um, I was there yesterday driving a combine, and today we had a town hall. We had hundreds of people at a town hall yesterday. You can't see that on the ground. There are a lot of people showing up. There are a lot of people interested in a new generational leader. We feel the momentum. We've felt it since the debate. Um, you know, the phones haven't stopped ringing. We've got people going to NikkiHaley.com to contribute. But at the end of the day, people want a government that works for them, and they're tired of working for government. 
government. They yeah. want to know that we're going to do something to actually bring inflation down, that we're going to fix crime, that we're going to bring transparency in the classroom, that we're going to close our borders and that we're going to have national security. Yeah. And so I think we're just getting started. And I think that we're feeling good momentum and we're just going to continue. Some interesting numbers out of Quinnipiac, a polling firm uh, this week, shows that some 48 percent of GOP voters are actually open to changing their minds on their choice for president. And majorities polled seem to be very concerned about President Trump's legal issues. I've talked to Republicans in Iowa and New Hampshire. They want to win next November. Do you believe that despite a strong base of support that the former president will have significant trouble winning a general election next year? Well, look, I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. Um, but I don't think he's the right president going forward. I agree with a lot of the policies that he did. But we really know, need to focus on the fact that we cannot have a President Kamala Harris because our country won't survive it. So we have to have a candidate that can win a general election. Republicans have lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. That's nothing to be proud of. We should want to win the majority of Americans. We have to start going forward. We've got to leave the negativity in the past behind us, and we have to focus on who can win in a general election. And I think that's what we're hearing a lot of people talk about in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, is they don't want a President Kamala Harris, and they want to know that there's someone that can go in there and win the general. And I'm going to do that. Former South Carolina Governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley on Newsmax over the weekend. There was a lot of conversation over the weekend as well, and rightfully so, about last week's meeting between North Korea leader Kim Jong-un and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Joining us now to discuss, retired Lieutenant Colonel for the U.S. Army and President at the London Center for Policy Research, Tony Schaefer. Also with hey. us, author of The Coming Collapse of China and just released booklet, China is Going to War, Gordon Chang. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Colonel, I'll start with you first. Sure. How worried should the United States be that these two men have now openly join forces. We know they've been working behind the scenes for a long time together, even though they, one would say this or that, whatever. But for them to come out so openly and hold this summit, it speaks volumes, right? They're sending a message to the world. It, it is. It's a new alliance. And I think Gordon will back me up on this. China, uh, North Korea will do nothing without China's approval. So this is China giving a big vote of support to Russia as well. And we need to look at this deeper. This is not simply about the relationship. This is about uh, real ammunition going to the Russians to be used against Ukraine. This is about the potential deployment of 50,000 North Korean troops to support Russia, actually on the battlefield. Uh, North Korea has 1.4 million uh, uh, in their military, so that's a significant thing. And also, Lydia, the technology going back the other way. Remember, uh, Russia has been supporting the North Korean nuclear program. That is an existential threat to us and our allies in the Pacific. So this is not a small issue and something that the Biden administration clearly does not fully comprehend how important they should be paying attention to on this. Does Joe Biden comprehend anything, though, at this well, that's point? That's a good question. <laughs> or does he know and he just doesn't care because he's got a deal? Anyway, Gordon, this alliance between North Korea and Moscow, we just heard about. So does this make China more em emboldened? What, what, what happens there? Yeah, certainly. You know, as Tony pointed out, um, North Korea did this with China's approval. And we got to understand that the three of them, Russia, China, North Korea are forming a durable partnership. Just about a week ago, Russia invited North Korea to join joint Chinese-Russian naval exercises. The first time that's happened, 
We know that North Korean ammunition has already been used in Ukraine. The Biden administration has done nothing about that, although this is uh, in open sources. And it really speaks to what Tony was talking about, and that is deterrence has broken down. The Russians and the North Koreans are very open about what they're doing in violation of U.N. sanctions, violation of American and Western sanctions. They just don't care. They think they can get away with it. Author Gordon Chang and Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer on the count with Lydia Serrani, who also spoke with Delaware attorney and chair of the Delaware Republican Party, Julianne Murray. Julianne, let's get right to it. You are in the state that is, has largely been under the Biden family influence for decades. What do you think the people there think about these charges? Are they finally waking up? I'm seeing a lot of polls that more than half of Americans think that he knew about his son's business dealings and he was involved with it. People are seeing it. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I, I listen to Dr. Gorka and agree. Uh, it's unlikely that Hunter Biden is going to jail. However, what's interesting about this is these charges, actually this this indictment, which means it went to a grand jury, actually goes beyond that first gun charge that he had. It's about his false statements. Personally, I think that, I mean, so yes, there's 25 years on the table, but it's about the false statements that he made. And the last time it was just about the fact that he possessed it. And I think that the last time they did that, because they knew it was going to be challenged and found unconstitutional by the Fifth Circuit. So there's kind of some leeway there on that. These false statements are not going to be found unconstitutional. The statute's not going to be found unconstitutional. I think this is about leverage. I think that this is, you know, yes, there's this two-tiered system. They want to be able to say, yeah, we charged him finally. We were running up against a statute of limitations. But I think it's also about putting a squeeze potentially on the big guy. His son is now going to be in front of a judge who blew up that sweet plea deal. That's attorney Julianne Murray, chair of the Republican Party of Delaware on Newsmax over the weekend. And the conversation continued on Saturday Agenda with Rob Astorino. So with the spotlight now squarely on the president's involvement in his son's business dealings, could the walls finally be closing in on the big guy? Well, let's bring in Missouri Congressman and Oversight and Accountability Committee member Eric Burleson. So, Congressman, good to have you this afternoon. The, um, the House Republicans have kind of been flirting with this impeachment inquiry uh, for over a year now. What was the last straw that persuaded the speaker to, to move this forward? Uh, I think that the, the evidence has just been mounting up. We, we, we have a situation where we, the bank records don't lie. Right. And so while the Biden administration is is really backtracking on a lot of their statements. So at first they said that Joe Biden never had any conversations with his son about his son's business dealings. We now know that that was a complete lie because we we know not only did he, according to testimony by Devin Archer and others that worked for Hunter Biden, that he had phone conversations with as many as time as 20 of the business associates of Hunter Biden. But we also know that Joe Biden was using aliases um, in order to communicate to his son's business. And so I think that, that that's the latest evidence that we have that, that uh, you know, it demands us to continue and to uh, move forward with a more formal part of the investigation, which is impeachment inquiry. What I'm hearing about the, this step of, of formalizing impeachment inquiry is that it's going to give us members 
more authority to be able to get the documents that we've been denied access to for the, the, the past few months. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So DOJ uh, and the Biden administration holding things back and really trying to play a little uh, defense here. So now um, you're able to get certain things that you weren't able to. Is there anything in particular that you're really trying to zero in on? So if you if you been a lot of the information that we have been doing has been on the circumference. So because we knew that we couldn't be able to get access directly to the Biden family bank records. So what we've been doing is subpoenaing the bank records of people that are associated with the Bidens and then following the money trail of money as it's being flowed from those business associates into the Biden family's businesses or their not their businesses, really their personal accounts. That's Missouri Rep. Eric Burleson of the House Oversight Accountability Committee. Meanwhile, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Sunday proposed a deal to temporarily avert a government shutdown with demands including an 8% spending cut for domestic agencies and a resumption of border wall construction. McCarthy presented the plan to Republican lawmakers in a conference call last night. This was after negotiators with the House GOP settled on the demands to temporarily fund the government for 31 days. In other words, continuing to kick the can down the road and Another CR as expected. A House vote on the measure is expected for Thursday. You'll hear a lot more about the GOP candidates campaigning over the weekend, President Trump's comments, the looming government shutdown, as well as the indictment of Hunter Biden throughout today and tonight. If you are not yet watching Newsmax TV, it is available on most major cable systems like AT&T. Comcast, Spectrum, Xfinity, Fios, and many others, as well as your favorite platforms like Amazon, Roku, Zumo, Apple TV, and more. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. Have a fantastic Monday or what's left of your Monday. And keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.